You're listening to the Spawn on Me podcast with your host, the captain, Khalif Adams, the Baron of Bourbon, Cicero Holmes, and the man who makes everything look good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. Welcome, everybody, to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What's up? What's up? What's up? I hope you're all doing well. We are hanging out, chilling in Bricago. It is the summertime. It is hot up in this piece. Uh, we know how hot it can be in all of the places. Shout out to everybody who's out in there making sure they're keeping themselves safe and keeping themselves cool. Thank you, everybody who listened to the last show. Uh, we had a week off due to, some, due to some not even necessarily technical difficulties. It was a little bit of a mix of that, too, in the mix. But uh, I was traveling to go check out a game that I will be able to talk to you about a little bit earlier in August, uh, when the embargo is lifted, um, not able to talk about it just yet, but we'll be able to kind of dig into some of that stuff with some videos, um, and a couple of interviews or a interview, um, on the game, uh, dropping in a couple of weeks. So, uh, again, thank you everybody who checked out all of our stuff, uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've had a really cool influx of new folks coming, coming in and checking out uh, the show. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun and giving us some good feedback about some of that stuff, uh, up in the feed. So big shout out to you all for checking out everything that's been on the feed of late. So, um, it's been pretty quiet in terms of gaming news, especially for kind of bigger gaming news right now. It is the time for all the discussion about comics and, uh, everything around San Diego comic-con and things like that. Uh, there's been a couple of things that have popped up into the feed or at least into my purview of late that I haven't had a chance to check out because I'm not sure if I'm going to jump into a couple of pools. So I'm not sure yet if I'm going to jump into the Mario Maker 2 scene. I haven't really touched my Switch in a long time. I'm not sure if it's going to be the thing that makes me jump into it. I I, I want to give that game some love because I am having a little bit of FOMO right now about not being able to talk about the zeitgeist around that game. I'm having lots of fun watching streams from uh, wonderful folks like Grand Pooh Bear and other folks who are in there. Even even Reef has been jumping into making uh, levels and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm excited to see and hear more about that game in the future, but I'm just not sure if it's worth the money yet for me to jump into it when I don't think I'm necessarily going to play it. Uh, Marvel Alliance 3 is kind of in that same boat where, you know, it's a cool beat-em-up that, that takes the Marvel license and does some cool things with it, but I'm also not as excited about that game yet. Um, so I'm in a weird spot where it comes to content and it comes to thinking about what I want to talk about on the show because there's just a lot of stuff that I haven't had a chance to really dig into and actually play. So I'm hoping that either something will jump out that will make me want to kind of jump into all that stuff. Uh, but so far I haven't seen anything yet. That's like super like compelling yet from, from those two games. Um, and I know I'm sure a lot of people who have listened to the show before have been like cause being a Nintendo hater. I'm not being a Nintendo hater, uh, not at least right now, <laughs> but I am a little bit less excited about, the prospect of, of jumping into those games just yet. So if there are things that you think I should specifically look at, I've also been checking out a lot of Patrick Klepek's, uh streams of late too. So um, trying to figure out where the good spaces are to jump in. And I've kind of been playing like a little bit of everything uh, here and there. So I've been playing, of course, a whole bunch of Mortal Kombat. Combat League just finished maybe a week or so ago. Uh, I ended up in almost... Um, mm, whatever the tier is before the highest tier. So I think that's like elite. There was I think it's a God status, something like that. Demigod status, something like that. Um, super fun. Like combat league was, was really well done in its first iteration. I think that they're going to build upon it in level two, um, which I'm really excited about because they have this sick Raiden skin that I, you know, if anybody knows me, they know I'm, I'm playing Raiden mostly at this point. Um, and having a blast doing so. I'm learning a lot. I'm getting my ass kicked too, but I'm also kind of figuring out the good spaces where I can be good in the game uh, with a character who is supposedly low tier. So, you know, low tier characters, you have to work a little bit harder to get wins. You have to be a little bit more crafty. You have to be a little bit smarter about how you play. But, um, I don't know. It's been, it's been a good, a good learning experience of like getting back into fighting games. I'm going to be at Evo this year. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, we'll get some coverage from, from the show there. Uh, I'm only going to be there from Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to be able to actually compete. Uh, 
uh, because I just didn't get in and register early enough and I'm not going to be there on Friday. So I don't think you can register for a game if you're not going to be there for the whole, for the whole weekend. So, um, excited and, and, and playing a little bit of that stuff. I've been jumping into apex legends a lot, which has been again, a good, um, resurgence of feeling uh, or having that competitive layer in my life again. Um, shout out to Rihanna, uh, and blessing from, uh, okay beast. Uh, uh, Rihanna is not from OKB. She, she is a fan of both our shows. Um, she also works in the gaming industry. Uh, and Blessing, of course, from OKB is fantastic. It's been so much fun to be able to find people to play and squad up with uh, and have like consistent gameplay with. Like we've been playing a lot of that. They, they hooked me up with um, or hooked me to Rainbow Six in a real way. So I've been playing some Rainbow Six, which has been such an interesting. It's such an interesting game. It's like can be amazingly sweaty, but also feels like you can have casual fun with it. And I didn't expect that to be a thing. I didn't really think that that was going to be an aspect of the game that I would have expected to be able to funnel some of my gameplay energies into. Because I look at that thing as such a competitive game that it looks amazingly sweaty all the time. Like it looks like you have to be the best at it in a way that is not usually the way that I play those games. Cause I am such a coward <laughs> when it comes to shooters. I am captain camp it out and we'll hang out on a corner and camp a corner until you run over this. I can shoot you in the mouth. Um, and then laugh, uh, uncontrollably once I have done so, but I I'm, I'm learning so much about the structure of rainbow six that I'm really digging it. Like I want to go to some of the competitive matches and stuff like that. Like I would love to be able to go to um, an actual like arena event and esports event and watch Rainbow Six because it is such a different layer and level of gameplay when you are watching folks who are competitive play that game. They are doing stuff that I just didn't recognize as reasonable. Like you would think of a game like that as one where you'd want to hunker down within the particular spaces. If, you, if you're not familiar with Rainbow Six, basically, you have an attack and a defend phase. So the attackers uh, are trying to kill everyone, uh, getting to a specific point that the defenders are trying to hold down. And in that room, there's this one, uh, like the bomb basically. And if you hold down and, and basically like make sure that people can't get to the bomb, then you've won. You, you, you defeated the people who are trying to attack you. If they get to, you know, place the bomb on there and blow it up, then they win. Or if they kill you, they win. So a lot of tactical, uh, gameplay within rainbow six. And it's just so different to see how we play that game versus the way that pros play that game and it, it changes just how you look at everything and the way that you communicate and the way that you kind of um ingest the information that you're being given it's so different like just a small thing of you know usually you know you kind of peek around a corner and kind of wait for people to come through a, a chokes a choke hold or not choke hold a choke point um and the way that pro players play rainbow they're just like yo we have these walls Every wall is a line of sight. Um, they know the maps really well. They'll like bust holes in the wall or like pre attackers coming into the space just so they have eyesight on potential places where people may go. And it's just like, it's such a fascinating thing to watch, especially if you can watch it on stream where you see the tactics happening in real time. And you're just like, yo, I never thought to do that. That makes so much sense. Like who goes around and just like busts holes in big old walls everywhere you go right before you even start the match because you think it's a better way of getting, you know, line of sight on people. Like it's such a really cool way to think about tactics and, and thinking about gameplay in that space that it is really a whole nother meta level where you don't think about it in terms of stuff like that. Like. Fighting games are very different where the meta is a lot of, you know, who's gotten buffed or who's gotten nerfed. And then you have to continue to play your character in a really good way, or you have to counter pick other characters so that you can kind of fit within the scheme of, you know, matching up well against your opponent. And even games like Halo and, and other ones, like even Apex, like the, the way that you play those games, they're very, very different because they're not as tactical in the same way, but the mind-blowingness of just how smartly 
people have figured out, you know, how to figure out good spots for map placement and map knowledge is such a huge thing. It's like, I would say it's like one-on-one with Counter-Strike Go in terms of knowing map placement, knowing people's routes, you know, in which ways people were going to be coming, which ways to counteract some of the other operators and things like that. Like I, I want to get folks from the rainbow team on the, on the show to talk about that stuff. Like Eric Pope and the rest of those cats, you know, I know he's moved on to a different team. He's, he's one of the cats I know over at, at Ubi, Ubi on that side that might be even close to what's going on over there uh, with that particular game. But it's, it's really cool. Like I'm fully immersed in that thing now. And it's a thing that I may watch um way way more often than i would have expected to have watched stuff like that like it is not a thing that is just super casual now that i watch just before i go to bed because i need a thing to watch not now it's the thing i'm like looking and being like okay you put a mat down here this is because people are going to come through this particular place and you do this here and you go here and it's been really dope to to see just how cool that community has been in terms of showcasing their talents and their abilities and, 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 and just being really dope in terms of the gameplay stuff. So gear, uh, not gears, uh, which I'll be talking about in a second, uh, rainbow six. Yeah. I'm like really digging on rainbow six a bunch. Like I didn't think that that was going to be a thing. And then apex going back to apex, I'm really starting to find my groove again. And it just reminds me just how I need competitive people in my life to play stuff with. I really miss that aspect of it. Like I play a lot of casual stuff, but I like really need a version of gameplay where I can play with other people and play competitive, either sports or games or stuff like that in a real way where people take it seriously. Like I, I, I noticed that when I play with other folks that are not super sweaty in some ways, that it's just like, I don't play as well. And I don't know if that's like, because I'm trying to overcompensate or just miss that aspect of gameplay, but I really like competitive games. I love playing stuff where you have to win or and you get a little bit salty when you lose. Like I was salty as hell last night when I played some Mortal Kombat because I just wasn't executing well and got mad at myself. And then I tried to not take that energy into me going to see Midsummer, which you should all go see. If you love horror, that's a freaking fantastic game. I mean, a fantastic movie. Um, and I was like salty for like a good 20 minutes after I took my last L for the night. And I didn't know what to do with that energy. It was really not okay. It was really bad. I felt bad for my wife for a hot second. Cause I needed a minute to like chill out and just like not talk. Uh, and it was right. It was budding up right before we had to go leave to go, uh, go to the movies. <laughs> so I was not, I was not a happy camper. As soon as I went to the theater, I had to like calm down for a bit to get everything out of my, get everything out of my system. But it was, it was, it was pretty good. I, I can't even front on that, but all in all, like I, I am, I'm finding lots of small pieces of joy within the games that I'm finding and playing. And a lot of it is surrounding itself because of the good people I'm playing with. Uh, so shout out to all y'all who I've been, who I've been able to squat up with and, and get some games in with of late. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of good for my soul too, which has been a lot of, uh, which has been, uh, busy of late, uh, in terms of just having so many things on my mind and on my body at this point. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to be able to kind of relax and, and release some of that energy with good people and, and have good stuff. So I'm looking to, to play with more folks. I want to get some overwatch in, uh, I want to get some more apex in, I want to get some division on PS4 in and PC cause I'm leveled up on PC. I need to uh, level up on PS4 and it's just taking a while because it's such a grind to get to 30 and then start doing all the other cool stuff. Um, so trying to figure out time where I'll be able to kind of do some of that as well. So it's a lot of stuff uh, trying to get it all together. Um, one of the things I also got a chance to try out this week was Sky from That Game Company. So if you're familiar with the folks over at That Game Company who made Journey, uh, we've had Robin Haneke on the show multiple times at this point. She's one of the folks who helped to usher that in. And Genova Chen, who was also on that team at the time of Journey, uh, they have now branched out. Genova has uh, with that game company to make a game called Sky. So I, I haven't played a lot of it. So there isn't a lot to talk about just yet. Um, it is, I've, I've been playing it on my phone on mobile, and it is one of the most beautiful mobile games I've seen in a very long time. Like it looks like a fully fledged 
console game on my iPhone X. And I have not expressed or I've not seen games look like this yet in a way that I'm just like, oh, wow, like this is this is like legit graphics on my phone where I am not expecting it to look like trash. And now I'm just like, oh, this looks this looks amazing. Like this is a game that I would play if I could figure out a way to connect this to my TV and play this on my TV. I would totally do that because it looks just amazing. It is fantastic looking. Um, and the gameplay so far is is fairly simple from what I can glean from it. It's like you're kind of floating around this, this huge area and collecting uh, collecting things. It, I haven't gotten a full gist of what the game is yet. Uh, like I said, I'm like really super just like booted it up and trekked it out just to see what it is kind of stuff. And I'll, and I'll circle back on it. Um, in a couple of weeks, once I have more time to to actually go through a full review of it and um, give you more of an insight into it. I think it's the thing you should check out for sure. Um, if you're a fan of that game company and the stuff that they've already made in the world, then you should definitely go and check it out and peep it. Um, because just the beautiful factor alone, um, if you needed something that was pretty tranquil to kind of dig into and play, then that's the thing that you should absolutely kind of check out. Um I got a chance to see a little bit of the Modern Warfare 2v2 mode. Uh, there was a stream a couple of days ago that showcased some of that new gameplay. And I have to say, it is not a thing that I thought that I was going to want to jump into. I thought I was Call of duty out. And to be honest, it looks pretty dope. Like, I, I the gunplay looks fantastic. The, I really like that kind of 2v2 uh, sweatiness uh, in terms of gameplay. Uh, looks like all the kind of creature comforts that you're used to for a Call of Duty game are there, which I feel like they need to make sure that they're continuing to do. Like, you can't really lose that part of the uh, kind of idea around what Call of Duty is. Like, you can't kind of stray away from the formula too much, and it feels like they've nailed it again. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I think that there's an event probably coming up soon. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get an invite to it, but it would be dope to be able to go because I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the story this time around. Even though the last couple games, the story has kind of been pretty miss uh, instead of hit. Like, I don't think that they've done a great job of building on that story uh, in, a, in a great way in a while. Like, it just haven't had any good characters that you really care about, nor have they had a lot of, uh, you know, like a lot of, substance in 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 the series for a while like it just hasn't hit in a way that really is exciting um like i remember just like you know way back in a day with you know the airport level and the sniper level and 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 some of the stuff when they went to the when they went to the future or went to the the you know kind of more militarized future version of the space space force, <laughs> which I guess is the best way to place it or best way to put it. But, um, I I'm waiting to see how the other aspects of that game are going to turn out. Like uh, if they can nail and kind of, I'm not going to say dumb down what they've, what they, what they've been trying to do. Cause they've been building with the kind of world war two stuff that they did. I just don't feel like it's carrying over well. Like if it's not a modern take on, or at least a, a present take on weaponry, or at least a future take in terms of weaponry that doesn't feel like they're, they're like thinking too far out of the box, then I feel like they can land themselves in a good spot. So super excited for that. I got a, I got a chance to, to boot up gears five, the technical test this weekend as well. And let me say, that first of all, Windows sucks. I hate you, Windows. I hate you, Windows, with all with every fiber of my being. For some strange reason, I can't get my stupid computer to get to the highest uh, or to the most recent version of Windows. For some strange reason, it will not freaking update to it. So I can't play Gears Five Technical Test on my or the Game Pass app uh, on PC on my actual PC right now. I have to play it on my xbox which is fine because it looks really good on xbox i was surprised at how good it looked uh, but i played a little bit at work on a really beefy computer and i was like oh i gotta i just gotta figure out a way to play this at home and then tried it and it was like nah son you can't do it because you don't have the most recent version of windows i've tried everything i'm about to probably like dump this computer and have to reinstall windows and everything else so windows you suck i hate you hope you die in a fire but 
Gears Five. I'm really excited for Gears Five now. Like the the stuff that they're trying to do in terms of keeping matchmaking, or I should say, the multiplayer stuff fresh. I really appreciate. Like one of my biggest gripes about Gears of War is that Gears of War is a game that doesn't care about any other weapon besides the the Nasher shotgun. Like it's the it doesn't care about anything else. It's all about wall bouncing and shooting people with that shotgun, which to me is fairly boring. Like there are so many good weapons and weapon design within that game universe that it feels like everything winds up coming back down to like, do you have a shotgun? Are you running up on somebody super close quarters? Do you have the ability to, you know, to, to hip fire that gun faster than the other person hip fires their gun? It doesn't feel like there's an ability to do anything once you've gotten shot by that thing besides die or get jibbed. So it's like, playing that version of that game has made me not want to jump back into the gears universe because it just feels boring. Like I hate that. That one weapon is the weapon of choice for most things. And I loved stuff like the torque bow torque bow. The torque bow was like my weapon of choice for a very long time because it felt like one, it it, it had this really dope uh, risk reward system to it where it was like, you have to charge that thing up far enough so that you can get it to explode when you hit somebody in the middle of a fight while you were trying to scope in when people had long shots and all this other stuff where they could take you out. And it just has such a satisfying sound effect that went along with it that I was like, this is the thing that I care about mostly when it comes to weapons in this game. And everybody, you know, of course, the Lancer is the thing with the chainsaw on it. And everybody loves to do that part, but it was never really viable in most gameplay up to this point like if you even watch esports versions of gears like no one shoots anything else really but a shotgun like it's so it's so boring to watch in some ways because it's just wall bounce wall bounce wall bounce shotgun so what the gears team did and shout out to rod ferguson and the rest of the crew for for putting out videos early about this stuff is they have this one mode where basically you have to get kills to buy in to buy weapons so the character that i had or that I picked often, you would get your default shotgun as an a Lancer to start the round. And then when you got kills, you would be able to get these skull points and these skull points would then open up different uh, weapons that you'd be able to purchase mid win match, right? So if you get to like six kills or whatever, you bank those six kills. You don't buy anything else until you get up to six or whatever. And then you would get to pick a torque bow. Or you get to pick a uh, like rapid fire pistol or some other some other weapon. So I love the fact that in that particular mode, you are able to min max to a certain extent or to bank on your own ability to be able to play well, or at least to be able to get kills or at least to be able to get into position where you can be helpful to your team. And it's more of like you can lone wolf it, but if you are you know, team shooting with your, with your teammates and stuff, like you're going to get those points pretty quickly. And it, it, it just makes it so much easier to be able to kind of, uh, uh, be a, a, a specialist in some ways on your team. So like, if you love to snipe, you'll pick a sniper class. And then once you get to a certain level of points then you're just like, all right, I got my sniper. I don't like the fact that when you die though, that you lose the ability to have that weapon. Cause it feels like, you, I mean, it makes sense in terms of then everybody would just have all the weapons all the time, but it does feel like, man, I just did all this work and now I just died because this other person just had a shotgun. It was around a corner or I got spawned, spawned in a bad spot. And now I got to go fight this dude. Or I got to go fight these people with like default weapons again. So I got to build back up. Um, I don't know if I necessarily like that part. I don't know how you fix that. That's in the satisfactory way to me, but it is it is a game mechanic that you have to think about and it is something that you have to pay attention to which i do like it, it removes some of the brain deadness from um from that aspect which is which is always good um you always want to make sure that you can kind of continue to iterate on gameplay and make it better uh for players so that they have a new way to kind of think about what they should be doing um and then there's a secondary mode that i don't remember if it's in the technical test because the tech test is, has already ended um, where it, you kind of have 
the ability to place weapons on the map based on how well your team is doing. So you're like, all right, I know I love a boom shot. So boom shot is great for AOE. It like kills a whole bunch of people if they're grouped up. You know, we've done well in this particular round. So like, let's pick weapons that we're good with on our side and then move those closer to our side of the map so that we don't have to run super far to go grab those weapons and do work. There's a fantastic video that explains this much better than I can um, on their social, uh, on the Gears of War social. And it just really got me super excited about team composition, getting back into the Gears world, playing multiplayer again in Gears, which I did not think was going to be a thing because I'm just like, oh, if I can figure out ways to kind of screw the other team based on my team's good gameplay and also benefits me as a player because now I understand which weapons I'm good with based on the map placement. That's super cool. Like I like the fact that that's a thing that you now have to think about within that mode and how much that changes your ability to not only get good folks who are competitive to, to play with you, but also like you can strategize stuff. And it's like, I want to see how that's going to play itself out in an esports sense where then you're going to see people who, you know, who have an analog to other games translate some of that stuff over to what they do here. Um, like I would love to see folks who are like great, uh, snipers, you know, pick up long shots, you know, who are playing games where sniping is really, really important in other games and then jump on gears and see how much that stuff translates over. Um, it is a very specific, um, uh, uh kind of gameplay mechanic. But I, I'm super excited for the fact that they are thinking about things in a different way that will hopefully build out just their player base and will also kind of get people back into the space where they want to play that game. I saw a bunch of people who have not seen playing on their Xboxes or at least playing Gears at all, jumping back into it just to check it out and see how, how well it's performing. Um, I ran it on a really beefy computer again at, at work and it looked fantastic. Um, playing it on my Xbox one X, that game looks freaking amazing. Like it looks really good. Like I know there's a conversation about the next Xbox. I want to see what the next Xbox is going to look like and what the specs are going to be and how beautiful things are going to be. If there's a game that's going to be going out, uh, you know, on that platform, this has got to be it. It's got to be, it like sucks that to a certain extent that it's going to come out before the newest Xbox. I wonder what the like Xbox Scorpion Scorpio enhanced version is going to wind up being because it has to have one like whatever the up-res is going to be for the, the game when it moves to the other console. It's going to look pretty freaking ridiculous. It's going to look really, really good. I'm excited to see what that thing is going to look like because that's that's going to be fire like it looks it looks super good. It runs well. I was like, huh? I did not expect that. I did not expect it to look this good. Unreal Engine kind of kind of doing its thing. Good, good job on you, Unreal. That's that's pretty fantastic. Uh, shout out to those folks. But yeah, Gears Five. I'm I'm even more excited for it. We haven't seen anything yet in terms of story. Nothing in terms of the uh, uh, campaign stuff, which which we need to see because uh, I feel like that is a huge part of the the conversation that I don't think people are really talking about. I think. Maybe I've heard one or two conversations about why we haven't seen anything about the campaign. Like we've seen small things. What I got to play at E3 was really good, but it also just didn't um, give me that vibe of like what this story is going to wind up being. Because to a certain extent, like most of the main characters that we cared about, Marcus and, and, and Dom and all those other folks and Coltrane, Coltrane, my God. Like most of those folks are no longer really parts of the story. And I don't know if they've really done a good job of picking up the mantle and passing it uh, in ways that people actually care. So it will be it will be um, really telling to see what they're going to do with that. If they can pull people in, and make it make it compelling for folks. I'm just not sure yet that they've figured out what that special sauce needs to be to make that happen. Um, and hopefully I'm wrong. Like, I hope that they're, that they have figured out ways to do that and make a compelling story. Cause for a hot second, 
Gears had a really dope story. Like people cared enough that they were like, oh, I need to jump back in when Gears of War 2 comes in. And then Gears of War 3 comes in and that was pretty dope. But then they had these offshoots and these offshoot games were kind of just like, eh, I don't know if this is actually really doing it. So uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those folks have, have uh, figured out ways to do it and, um, and make it super, super funky. Cause that would be a lot of cool. That would be a lot of fun to be able to see how far they've taken the story and things like that. So that's pretty much all the stuff that I've been checking out and playing this week. Um, let me know if there are other games that I need to be uh, or have on my radar because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit out of the out of the mix a little bit uh, with a couple of travel things and trying to get all this computer stupidness to get itself together and fixed. Um, I haven't really been able to play a lot of stuff um, in ways I would I, actually. You know what? Before I move over to news, I also jumped back into Just Shapes and Beats. Man, that game is so good. Like that, I played. I played it on Switch initially, and then moved over to the PS4 uh, the other night. And damn, that game is good. That game looks super, super dope. Like, it's so much fun to be able to play a game where they just understand the the twitchiness of you know how to make a game like that. Like, it just feels amazing in the way that you're able to maneuver yourself around these maps and these boards and these and these levels that are just like so so well crafted like i want to go and see how they determined and decided how to make all that stuff happen because it is just so well done like the 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 split second timing that you need to to kind of move around those spaces and 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 and, and be successful has been really really cool like i appreciate how much craftsmanship has gone into seeing some of that stuff happen and it's just like such a really fun thing so i'm, I'm really excited if you have not gotten just shapes and beats then you need to go cop that joint it's super good um a lot of fun always having a blast with stuff like that and you know i love games like that like amplitude and and, and stuff like this it's like such a such a fun game so um, we have a couple of news stories before we get up out of here for this episode. Uh, there are one thing, one thing that came up on my radar because everyone is freaking out about cloud gaming has been Google Stadia. Uh, they had an AMA the other day, uh, with their, uh, product director, Andrei Derelichev. Ooh, I know I have murdered his name on <laughs> <laughs> on that Doranichev, I think that's it. Andrei Doranichev, um, who's their product director, he did AMA, and a lot of folks kind of got at them for for you know doing the usual stuff, and and I think that what they did say was fairly insightful and it gives people a, a little bit of a better information uh, dump on what you should expect on day one for Stadia. Um, I have purchased my stadia i got stadia pro i'm excited to see what it winds up being once i get it um because it should be shipping probably in a couple of months or a month or two like i think maybe late september i think it ships or something like that um and i'm excited for it like i want to see what they're going to do i don't know exactly again like how far they're going to be able to take this and also google has had a, a a history of dumping stuff that doesn't work right out the box well um, so, you know, take all this with a grain of salt. Um, but some of the, the big takeaways from uh, the AMA was he specifically shot down the language that says that Stadia is trying to be the Netflix of games, which I thought I found to be really interesting because it is the thing that people have kind of thought about when they talked about Stadia initially and also the conversations around the cloud period of like there's going to be this service that wants to do that and i'm sure there will be at some point once the infrastructure has gotten solidified in a way where they can do that work and publishers have decided to jump on and that there are good revenue splits that that work in their favor to be able to do this stuff um but it was really cool to see him just like own up to the fact that that's not the route that they're trying to take and that's a smart decision to do that in terms of pr and marketing you don't want to put your foot into something that you know you won't be able to necessarily deliver on because gamers will definitely call you on it. But he said uh, he emphatically states it is not the Netflix of games. Instead, he compares it to Xbox Live games for gold or PlayStation Plus and says it will roughly give out one game per month, uh, give or take or so. Um, he said in the first one that you'll be able to get is Destiny 2. So 
you know, we'll see how that winds up playing itself out. I think that there's a lot of conversation to see once people get it in hand to see what those games are going to wind up being. That was some of the rough patches that Sony PlayStation and, and, and Xbox Live kind of went through when they started to do the free game a month thing. Uh, with, with games from Gold and, and PlayStation Now, I'm sorry, PlayStation Plus, where you had a very vocal minority who was like, yo, this game is trash. Take this drink down. We actually saw that happen a couple of weeks ago where people got so upset about a particular game that they changed the game that was going to be offered up for that month. Um, I don't know if Stadia is going to be able to fill those gaps in ways that we really care about. Of course, it's going to give that feeling of saying, well, like, hey, once your subscription is gone, what happens to those games? And will I have access to it? Because we know that, you know, with PlayStation Plus, once you uh, are not paying for it, those games that you usually had access to go away. Um, it will. I, I'm actually really curious to see what the conversation is going to be in the gaming community from the people who are bought in early to see if they feel like the offerings are going to be good enough and how fast the service is going to wind up being. I know that there is the 4k version of it that you can kind of uh, subscribe to. And then you, everyone else will kind of get 1080p. Um, who knows, who knows how that's going to wind up moving the goalpost for them. Um, if they're going to start seeking out to do what Epic has done, which is to try to snag games first and then have them on that service. And then that be a, a locked in thing for them for a specific amount of time. Who knows if that's going to be a thing, it would be smart for them to be able to pull up some games that they're like, Hey, you can only get this on Stadia at least for a specific amount of time, because who else is supposed to get this besides us? We need this thing to kind of move our service forward. I'm not sure how that's going to play itself out. The pro subscription seems like it's going to be cool. It doesn't seem like it's that expensive at 10 bucks a month, um, but they're going to have to kind of dip and dive a lot to make sure that, you know, the messaging is really strong out the gate. Um, and this seems like a little bit of not damage control, but this is like setting the setting the table and expectations in a way um, that will be really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you do yourself a disservice by, automatically setting the table and being like, Hey, we're not trying to be that thing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it could be one of those deals where you're like, we want to be the Netflix of games. You want to be the biggest cloud games, cloud gaming service on the planet. And we are going to deliver on such and such games and such and such kinds of experiences. And then if you fall flat, you know, do you get the grace from the community to be able to wait so that you can build that stuff up? Like, you know, I think of No Man's Sky a lot where they had a, such a rocky road in the beginning um, and they're just, you know, in the past year and a half now coming around to getting back in a good spot. So I, who knows? Who knows how Google Stadia is going to wind up playing itself out uh, or at least how this uh, particular thing is going to play itself out. I'm still excited to see what they're going to do with cloud saves and with um, uh, cross play because I feel like that is where the crux of the goodies are going to be for them. If they can figure out ways to make that be a real and easy thing, then that'll be super, super dope. But if they aren't able to nail that part down, then they're kind of be, they're going to kind of be uh, dead in the water early from the start. So we'll see how that rolls. We'll see how that plays itself out. Um, I don't know if that's going to be, exactly what pe people want but if they have good games on the service then it might be the thing that pushes it forward so we'll see we'll, we'll keep you updated on that story as it continues um and the last story of the show is going to be talking about gamestop who came out in a story that i saw on yahoo finance uh talking about how they want to change their image into a more kind of i don't a gaming experience kind of retail store where where I suppose you do other stuff besides kind of go in and be a consumer and buy your stuff. I don't, I don't really know what that's supposed to mean. And I would love to know what GameStop is thinking about because at this point, I think most people are copying their stuff either online through whatever store you buy your stuff from, or if they do go into GameStop, GameStop is like right now your last 
maybe thought when it comes to getting a game. I don't, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to even double down on that because I feel like that is my experience. I can't say that's most people's experience. I wonder how many folks currently are still using GameStop as the place to go for their video game purchases. I just don't think that it, they have the same viability because they've gotten such a bad rap over the years about their trade-in policies and things like that, that it just hasn't become a thing where people care about in the same way. Um, it would be cool to see if they make a change in a way that is more beneficial to consumers in that respect. But I don't think that that has anything to do currently with the way that the store looks or the experience that you have within the particular store. You know, things are jumbled in there and it's kind of always been a mess in terms of the way that things have been laid out. But I've never thought of that as being a thing that I cared about because it's always been a get in, get out kind of experience when it comes to GameStop. I want to be in your store as least amount in, in the shortest amount of time possible to be able to get what I need and dip out so I can go home and play. So hearing them have this conversation around moving things into this kind of uh, different realm I don't know what that looks like. Supposedly they have a lot of success with pop culture collectibles and things like that. I guess that's where you go to get your Funko pop stuff and, and get things like that. But I, I don't know if you can become like a lifestyle, a gaming lifestyle store when the, the everything that's been in the space about GameStop has been negative for, for at least 10 years, right? Like not good experiences, not good pricing, uh, they've moved into kind of being the pawn shop of video games. And now they're trying to figure out a, a revamp and a, and a refresh in some way. So I don't know how this is going to wind up turning itself out. But a quote from the story itself says, the partnership with RGA Austin and Chicago teams is part of GameStop's broader business transformation strategy to involve its efforts into cultivating innovative customer-centric opportunities to bring video game culture to life in every neighborhood company stated in its press release that GameSpot's renewed customer first focused uh, stems from qualitative and quantitative research led by GameStop and RGA that identified four major motivations gaming fans have for playing video games. That's immersion, achievement, creativity, and community. So I, hmm, I, I get it in terms of sentiment. I don't know how you execute on a plan like that though. Like, do you become the Dave and Busters of video games where it is some, you know, space that is like meant for people to kind of hang out in and chill and then cop stuff? Or is it a thing where, you know, you do meet and greets inside of a GameStop? Like, I, you know, the, the, the biggest, the biggest push between or behind GameStop and going to GameStops was the midnight launch, right? Midnight launches was the thing that everyone, uh, when they were super excited for getting a game, they would go rush out to go stand in line and, and hang out and talk to people within the line and do all that kind of stuff. But I haven't been to a midnight launch in over a decade. I don't know many other folks who are in this space who have been to a midnight launch at all either. I don't think that that's been a thing. Like I, I get to play those games now. Those midnight launch games, now that I've moved to the West Coast at nine, nine o'clock, because most of that stuff on digital gets released at nine, 9 p.m. on my side of the coast, right? On my side of the country. So I don't know what this is supposed to be. Again, like, I, I want to see what it winds up looking like. I just don't know if it's going to be a thing that is going to be important to anybody who actually cares. I do wonder, though what's going to happen to all that stuff when GameStop goes away. That's the one thing I have been curious about to see, like what is the thing that moves everything forward when it comes to the, the mom and pop shop or the retail store. Right. Um, I, I, I have not seen anything that, that changes that in a real way. Like I've not seen that conversation be real in a way that's like compelling. Um, it feels like the closest we have is like Amazon pickup places <laughs> at this point. It's like, yo, go, go, go send my stuff to Amazon and I go pick it up and then I go, I go rock it. Um, so it will be, uh, really interesting to see what they do in that space. I'm just not necessarily sold on the fact that it's going to wind up being a thing. So yeah, that's it this week. 
for spawn on me there has been again it's the summertime it's not really crazy i didn't dig into some other stuff that some other stuff that popped up over the the past week because it just didn't really make a lot of sense to dig into it some of the conversations around again the gamer bathwater stuff has, has been in the space there was a streamer uh who a couple of days ago got was found on stream uh you know giving her cat vodka like spitting vodka into her cat's mouth and then throwing her cat over her head and then it was a huge conversation on twitter about you know why is twitch support not showcasing or or, or getting that person banned off the off the uh, off the service and i mean my my tldr take on that whole thing was like yes like the throwing of the cat i mean the vodka thing put it put the cat in danger i'm not sure if they're necessarily tossing the cat over your head cats cats are usually okay when you have displaced them in a way that is not what the usual ways that you have displaced a, a, an animal i think that my cat i've seen my cat fall more times off of stuff and be fine uh than getting like moved out of the moved out of the space i think that you know if there are things to be upset about yes the vodka thing was was not okay and yes that's not the way you treat your animals and i'm sure that there's been more more uh uh examples of stuff of of wrongdoing with that particular person the thing i do find really interesting is that like i don't see uproar about people of color being treated badly i don't see conversations around lgbtq people being treated badly in the same levels of energy as they did for this particular cat <laughs> like it is it is that conversation that i hear a lot in in black spaces of just like you know people care so much more about animals than they do about us um so that's a thing to reflect about uh if you want to think about that stuff and sure that person should you know twitch needs to do what they need to do to make sure that person gets the proper uh justice handed out to them um they made a she made a uh apology a couple of days afterward and was like yeah i did this thing and it was wrong and and all that stuff but we've seen in the past like gamer apologies are probably not as <laughs> worth as the, the the words that they're written on or the piece of paper that they're written on so we'll, we'll take that with a huge grain of salt and see if there's actually any um uh you know judgment handed down or any any kind of uh uh, conversation happening from Twitch specifically about you know how to how to treat your animals on a stream and and all this stuff because I'm sure once people like Ian Ian Miles Chung jump on a thing, which honestly was the most surprising part of that whole conversation. Um, the in the future there will probably be a segment on the show called "Not Invited to the Cookout." We'll have a "Not Invited and Invited" uh, part of the cookout show. I've been thinking about how to build that out on, on here. That's, that's good. That's not me just complaining and moaning and whining and fussing about stuff, but seeing someone who's such a bad actor as Ian mouse Chung, still gray on Twitter, be the person to call someone else out on their bad behavior was the biggest yakety sacks moment of the internet in the past 48 to 72 hours. I was like, look at this person who was pro everything terrible for a very long time at the forefront of the conversations of crap talking against Femme Frequency and Anita Sarkeesian at the forefront of some of the conversations around Gamergate at the forefront of talking massive amounts of crap about pretty much anyone who is in the, the social justice space who try and continues to try to do uh, uh, and make the space better to be the person coming out talking about, yo, Twitch, you need to ban this particular person because they're doing terrible things on the internet. I side eyed the hell out of that dude's post often and on the regular. And it's just so crazy to see that person be the one who's like, yo, you need to Twitch. You need to get your, your, your house in order. I'm like, fam, you haven't said a, you haven't said anything good or of, of, uh, 
of, uh, in a respectful way in such a long time that I don't even know why people still look at you and try to pass your stuff around. It is such a terrible, weird thing to see people just like randomly forget how bad that dude was and is in this space. So that dude is not getting invited to the cookout. That's that's automatic. No fries, no, no potato salad, no greens for you. Um, so like, please don't share that person's stuff. Like I sure, I sure I just shared it out in terms of having a conversation here, but y'all are all family. And so it's like, you understand it, but please don't share that person's stuff out. Cause he is not a good actor in the space. He is not trying to make the space better. And he has not tried to do so for a very long time. Very, 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 very long time. So, um, don't pay that cat any more attention than he deserves. So <laughs> it does not deserve. So, uh, we'll see how Twitch handles it. We'll see what they do in terms of, um, handing down some uh, some judgments to those folks and, and, and making sure that they are following the rules and, and all that stuff. But it has been uh, interesting to see them not taking an official stance on it yet. Um, I do wonder what this means for people. Again, like we saw the conversation with, you know, nakedness on stream or people having specific kinds of clothes on stream. Now I wonder if that'll bridge itself out into conversations because PETA has now jumped into the fray about like if there will be some crackdown on or change in the way that they will let you have pets on stream and stuff like that. So, um, who knows? We'll see. It'll, it'll just be another day in Twitch land and we'll see what the internet says and gets mad about. So we'll, we'll figure out what the next step is from that point. But for now, um, that's the end of our show. I have some cool stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. We should have a, a dope guest next week as well. Um, and also I'll be at Evo. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming up, going to be in a couple, uh, three packs panels coming up and we'll talk more about that once it gets close to the event. Uh, what else is happening? Evo packs, uh, and a couple of other small things here and there. And again, the, the footage that we got from the game that I saw a couple of, of days ago down in San Diego, uh, I'm sorry, Santa Monica. Um, super excited for you to all hear about the conversations that are coming from, from those teams and in those games. So stick around and, and make sure that you are subscribing to us here. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Spreaker. Uh, it's really fun to be over there. And they've been hooking us up with the ability to have ads in our show. And please let us know if the ads are running correctly. Um, we've been trying to figure out good ways in terms of placing those ads so that they aren't disruptive to all of you at home listening. Um, if there are things that you're seeing that are, you know, making you not want to listen to a show because of the ads and the way that they've been placed, like, let us know, um, and that way we can share out, you know, good information to the folks over at Spreaker so that we can best move those things around in places that you, uh, don't find disruptive, uh, to your listening, uh, experience. So much love to you all. Thank you again for listening this week and every week. We'll see you next week on Spawn on Me. And for now, we say peace. The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say peace.